You are listening to HHS bonus content from the Hillbilly Horror Stories Network. This bonus content is released during the week for your listening pleasure while awaiting the release of Sunday's actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episode. All bonus content will be listed as HHS Presents or HHS Midweek while the actual Hillbilly Horror Stories episodes will have only an episode number and the title listed, for example, 187, The Kentucky Vampires. Those episodes are a longer deep dive into a particular subject. If you are new to the show and the bonuses aren't your style, get the full-length episode to try. Enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to episode 15 of Paranormal Encounters. We've got special guest Paul from Indianapolis coming on a little later today to tell you some very heartwarming stories. I think you guys will enjoy these. These are the the loved ones coming back and, and giving positive messages and stuff that we love so much on the show. Good. So the first story we're going to discuss today before we get to Paul, it's called A Summer Dream. After looking at a photo album this past holiday season and seeing pictures of my Uncle William, I was prompted to share his true story. It was August 1982 and I was 16 years old when I experienced my first symbolically psychic dream. My dream occurred on what was to be the last night of my Uncle William's life. Finally known as Uncle Willie, he was my mother's favorite brother and my favorite uncle. A soft-spoken man with a high disposition, he was always there for my mother and other family members through good times and through bad times. He helped my mother financially as she faced the difficulties of raising three children in a low-income housing project. My uncle was a genuinely good-hearted soul. My dream consisted of two separate scenes. It seemed like a puzzle whose pieces did not fit. First, I saw a faceless, genderless ice skater performing a perfect, repetitive figure-eight pattern on a flawlessly surfaced sheet of ice. The scene took place in twilight, and in the incessant pattern of the skater was so smoothly executed, it was mesmerizing. The image that appeared next after the skating scene faded out was that of a shiny, blood-red apple, vaguely reminiscent of a human heart in shape, size, dangling vulnerability in midair. It seemed ready to drop at any time. My dream ended with the apple still suspended in the air. The next morning came, and it was a hot Saturday, August 8th. The telephone rang, and a little while later, I heard my mother cry out in a grief-filled voice. I immediately ran to her side. Uncle Willie's wife, Claire, had called to tell us that Willie had died in his sleep the previous night of a heart attack. As I silently listened to the painful news, I felt an odd sense of positive confirmation and relief, which I know was connected to the dream that I had the night before. The ice skater performing the repetitive figure eight amid spectacularly reflecting ice representing heaven's illumination was representative of my Uncle Willie. August 8th, 8th month, 8th day, was the date of his passing, and he was the firstborn of eight siblings. Oh, wow. So he was doing a figure eight. Aww. As for the shiny apple hovering in midair, apples had always been Uncle Willie's most famously beloved food since childhood. Given its color, shape, and size, it likely represented his heart as well. Hmm. 
The precise timing of the dream, along with the details encrypted within the novel, confirmatory feeling I felt upon hearing the news allowed the puzzle pieces of a summer dream I had to all fit together. And that's from Esther in Brooklyn, New York. Wow. What an awesome story. It was an awesome story. Hmm. So what you got for us, Miss Mabel? I have the non-believer. So you're calling, her, calling them a liar? Calling Esther a liar? Never. <laughs> I think Esther was very blessed. Yes. When I was a small child, I knew my sister Dolly was something of a mystic. She often foretold things that later happened just the way she said, which surprised Fran, her family and friends. It happened that my grandfather and Dolly, who was only 15, died at my father's house on the same night, January 31, 1906. My grandfather's trouble was mostly old age. My sister had typhoid fever and complications. Because she was so young, her death was tragic. She was the favorite of the other seven children, and the whole family was heartbroken. My mother had been raised to believe in spiritual things and always thought there was a ghost and a chance of our departed ones getting in touch with us, one way or the other. My father really was vexed by her views and ridiculed her. He said there is no such thing as a ghost, and if he saw anything mysterious, he would shoot through it. (laughs) (laughs) We were poor country farmers and in need of many things. So when my father heard of a job in a western state, He went there to work for a few months. On his return home, there was a distance of about 25 miles from the railroad station for which he had no conveyance, so he decided to walk. During the night, he was so sleepy he had to stop and sleep a while by the side of the road. He found a flat rock for his head and was preparing to rest when my dead sister suddenly appeared to him. He spoke her name and asked her what she wanted. He reached for her, but she vanished. He told us his first thought was to take her home, and he stayed there for some time, hoping she would reappear, but he did not ever see her again. Here is something we often wondered about. Dolly was dressed not in the white dress she was buried in, but in a white blouse and a black skirt and cap, the style in those days. The clothes father saw her wearing wore at home in a trunk. My mother always said Dolly appeared to show my father that the spirits live after death. This is from E.S. Hutchinson in Kansas. Hmm. And when E.S. Hutchinson talks, everybody right, listens. listens. <laughs> so now I guess he's a believer. I guess so. Sometimes you guys, you got to do that stuff. I, I don't even think I would have said, what do you want? <laughs> For it to be the first thing, I've been like, oh my gosh, oh, or something, love me, or hug me, or kiss me, or I don't even know. It should be when, like, um, what do you want? So, anyway, I'm sure he didn't say it like that. But. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> All right, so let's listen to Paul as you open your drink and make loud noises. And Nobody even heard it. I bet. I bet. Anyways, so let's listen to Paul. Now, Paul is in Indianapolis, but you will... Immediately know that this is not an Indianapolis accent <laughs> that you're going to hear from Paul because he's he's from Alabama. Okay, and it sounds like an Alabama accent. All right, so. I love it already. He's country. Good. Yeah. All right, let's listen to Paul. Hey guys, we've got Paul from Indianapolis on the phone. Paul's a longtime listener, and uh, he's got three stories, 
and all of these stories have to do with different loved ones that had passed on in his life, uh, from his mom, his dad, and his grandmother. He wanted to tell us these stories, and they sound fascinating to me. I thought you guys would enjoy it, so we brought him on the show. Paul, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me, sir. No, not a problem whatsoever. Now, Paul, what I like to do normally is I don't like to interrupt people while they tell their stories because I don't want to throw them off their rhythm. So I'm just going to hand the microphone over to you, and I'll let you tell whichever three stories you want in the order that you want to do them. Yes, sir. Okay, I guess I'll start chronologically then. My grandmother passed away back, I reckon, right around uh, the summer of 2001. The house she lived in was, it was updated and remodeled, but the way it was originally built, it was one of the old-style I guess, I don't know, southern home where the parts of the house were compartmentalized, where if one part caught on fire, the entire structure didn't burn down. Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I was working nights at the time, and I'd gotten off at about 4 o'clock that morning, and I went to her house, and the so basically the back door and the front door lined straight up because that was where the dog run was through there. I go in the back door. I shut it, I lock the deadbolt, everything. I then proceed through the kitchen, through the dining room, up to the what is the front bedroom. I go inside of it and shut the door. And just for reference, the door is like a solid wood door. It's not one of the ones that's kind of fiberboard or whatever that's kind of hollow. And it's got one of the locks on it that's got the big square area that was the lock. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The porch on the doorknob. So, you know, you had to have a skeleton key to use it, to unlock it from outside anyway. And I go in there, and I've got the bedroom light on. I've got a computer set up in a corner desk. There's a giant king-size bed right beside me. There's two windows, one facing uh, east and one facing north. I'm playing on the computer, no problem, just doing my thing. It gets on about 7 o'clock. Another thing, the house is built up off it's got a crawl space underneath it so as i'm playing on the computer at seven o'clock i see the light coming in around the window blinds and i'm okay well i need to get off i need to go to bed so i start getting ready to shut everything down and i hear something come running down the hallway towards the front bedroom door it sounded like my niece who was probably about four at the time so 20 25 30 pound kid running but it sounded like it was only like three steps, but it, it came at a full run. Does that make any sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just boom, boom, boom. And then whatever it was hit the door. In my mind, the only thing I could imagine was my niece running face first into the door because the chair I was in swiveled. I turned and looked at the door. I could see the whole door top to bottom. I could see a little carpet around the bottom. And whatever hit it, hit it hard enough that that handle jiggled porcelain handle so it was a solid impact i waited a few seconds to see if my niece would start crying i figured if anything my dad had come down to you know check on me or you know was out he was a farmer so he might have been over there getting a piece of equipment and wanted to come see what i was doing or anything but there was no other sounds i waited for my dad to call out to me or so i'm like well okay i don't hear anything let me go check on her so i turned back to the computer to put my shoes on when I hear that same running sound only it sounded a little bit closer 
So I spun back to the look at the door, and on the other side of this king-size bed, I see something that is black and about a foot long over the edge of the bed, but it was only about two inches above the bed. And it looked like the back of something is the only way I can describe it. And it didn't look hairy. It kind of almost looked leathery. And it was running from the foot of the bed towards the head of the bed. And then it hit the wall. And then I heard the steps get softer where it wasn't running as fast. And the curtains that are at the head of the bed started moving. So whatever it was, to me, it seemed like it had gone underneath the front of the bed and at least gone to where the window was. To this day, I have no idea what it was. My dad suggested a raccoon. I know what a raccoon's tail looks like. <laughs> and the, the raccoon would have had to have been easily two or three times the size of the largest raccoon I've ever seen. Number two is when I heard the steps and the thud on the door the first time, if it was inside the room with me, I would have seen because I like turned and looked at the door about the time it hit. So whatever hit, it hit on the outside. I don't know where whatever this was got inside the room. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. <laughs> so I've had several people suggest to me that, you because know, like I said, it was about a week after my grandmother's passing, and she was the only one living there at the time when she passed, that it was possibly some sort of imp or thing of that nature checking to see if there was any sort of discord they could sow amongst the family through the grieving process but i don't know i've ruled out every animal i can think of because i can't imagine a cat or anything being heavy enough to make those footfalls yeah even to this day still talking about making the hair on the back of my neck stand up (laughs) i bet yeah that that was the the first one and that was really kind of my introduction into the things i can't explain the the next one i live in indianapolis but i'm originally from southeast alabama uh, so it's a good 12, 13-hour car ride. I, and, thought I, um, I thought I detected an Alabama accent. <laughs> yes, sir. I, I've lived up here 11 years, and I've still got it. I don't think I'm going to lose it. <laughs> so my mom was not doing well, and we, we got the call that if we wanted to see her, we probably needed to come down. So we packed up. We took off down there. We left that morning, you know, real early one morning. And uh, we got down there. I don't know, 7 o'clock or so that night, which my mom was sitting up and speaking everything. She had COPD really bad, so speaking was not the big thing, but she was just laying around mostly. I guess what I'm saying, she wasn't like right on death's door. Does that make sense? No, I know what you mean. At the time, I only had two kids. My youngest one at the time was about three or four years old. We walk in, and as soon as we come in, you know, my mom lights up. She wants to see me and the grandkids and my wife and everything. And there's a house full of people because a whole bunch of people are there to see her and stuff. And so we're all over there getting hugs and whatnot. And I look over and my youngest one has walked over to the side of the bedroom and is kind of standing there looking out the window, what I thought she was doing. She come back over to me and she grabbed my hand and she said, Daddy, I saw Papa, which is what? We called my dad. Now, he had passed away about two years earlier. So the last time that she would have seen him, she would have been real, real little. But I'd shown her pictures of him. So I I said, really, where did you see him? And I'm expecting her to show me one a picture or anything like that. And she takes me over to where she was standing. And she said, he was standing here. 
I said, really? And I'm looking around to see if I can find a picture of him somewhere around there she might have seen. And she she looks at him and she goes, yeah, he, he told me it was okay and he loved me and he went that way and, he point, and she pointed up towards the window. I said, he went through the window? She goes, yeah. And he, he went out up and up. And I was like, at this point, you know, my hair standing on end, and I take my sister off to the side, and I tell her and whatnot. That's when my sister starts crying, and she looks at me, and she goes, do you know what today is? And I'm like, no, because I'm horrible with dates. She said, today's their wedding anniversary. So that, you know, we kind of spread word to some of the other people that were there that who don't necessarily poo-poo the chance of the supernatural. And, of course, it made everybody tear up and cry then and my mom she saw what was going on she wanted to know so we told her and she said yeah i wouldn't be surprised he was coming to see me that made me feel kind of good of course she passed a couple of days later it was about three days later and this has all been probably five years ago at this point but i'm here at my house and i've heard the stories about pennies from heaven and i know on some of the recent episodes there's been other people mention that so the third story i got it involves that. I was finding pennies and nickels and dimes everywhere. Since then, we've had a third child. And my entire life, I've always collected spare change. Collect it, save it up, roll it whenever times get tough or whatever. And all of a sudden, you got a little spare money. I was sitting there one day, and I was just having a little bit of a hard time. And I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, I don't know if any of these pennies I'm finding are from my mom or dad because I collect so much change, but I try to keep it picked up because of the baby. I'm sitting there and I said, you know what, mom, dad, if y'all are out there and y'all are doing this, if you're leaving me these pennies and stuff, I need you to give me a little bit of a different sign. I'm just thinking I'm losing this change out of my pocket. Right. The very next day, my oldest daughter comes to me with, she goes, Dad, what is this weird coin? And she brings to me one of the gold dollars. And I'm like, okay. I said, where did you find this? She said, in my room. So I'm like, well, can you show me? So we go in there right in the middle of their floor. And I had just gotten done cleaning in there that morning. She said it was laying right here. right. In, it couldn't have been hidden under something. And I don't know how often you see gold coins anyway. <laughs> Not it was laying often. right there in the middle of the floor. I kind of took that as my slap to the head. <laughs> Be happy with the pennies, I guess, my dad's saying. Well, I mean, at least it, it sounds like you've got people that that want to let you know that they're okay anyway. Yes, sir. And it, it's definitely been an eye-opener. Paul, I appreciate you coming on and sharing those stories with us. I know it's not always easy when you have to rehash some of these things. Like you said, sometimes you had some hair standing up on the back of your neck just telling the stories again. So Yeah, I, I feel like I, I don't do it justice because the moment I was in, especially with the, the one at my grandmother's house, I, I don't know what it is. Whatever it was spooked me enough that, oh, I failed to mention it. When I left... Because at that point, whenever it went up under the bed, I left the rest of my stuff. I didn't even have my shoes on. I run. The door to the bedroom was locked. I don't remember locking it. And I ran to the back door to leave. It was still locked, so nobody had come in and locked it behind me. And, of course, I get home, tell my dad he thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> we go back down. He's like, no, I haven't been down. Like, nobody 
else had been there, so there's no telling what it was. Well, I appreciate it, brother, and thanks for coming on and sharing that. I'm sure it'll do some people some, give them some good vibes out there, and it'll probably be something they need to hear, because I'm sure there'll be several listeners listening that have just recently lost a loved one, and it'll be comforting to them. I've I've actually, here in the last two weeks, told that story to several people. I run across the one about my dad my mom and I, that i've run across have lost people recently and told them and it makes me feel good and I, the people i've told it's been a positive reaction yeah usually that's the case if you if you tell the story to somebody you're probably meant to tell it to them so that's my thought anyway yes sir thank you paul and i'll see you hopefully in indianapolis yes, sir thank you so i thought it was pretty cool like especially when they were at the house and his father came to see who has obviously been deceased, uh-huh. but his ghost shows up on their anniversary to see his mom. That's she, so awesome. Unfortunately, she passed away like four <clears throat> days later. No, she didn't. She did. That's what he said. Oh. So they were at that gathering. His daughter saw his father, even though she had, was super, super young when he had passed away. Right. And she saw him, and then that was their anniversary, which he didn't even realize at the time. At his the sister time. reminds mm-hmm. him that that was their anniversary. Mm-hmm. And then four days later, his mom passed away as well. Oh, my goodness. Dad was ready for her to come, I guess. They just guess needed so. to be together again. Wow, what a touching story. Yep, so that was a really cool one. Very cool. Thank you for sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks, Paul. So we will see you guys next week. Take care of each other. Be blessed. <laughs>